And I'm just like, that's so cool because it's just another way of spreading joy. It's like. Welcome to the Finger Space Podcast, a weekly show where we will dive deep into the history, stories, and controversies surrounding the fingerboarding community. I usually ask individuals, well, I'll ask you to fingerboard a piece of fingerboard memorabilia, a fingerboard, an obstacle. Is there one thing that sticks out to you the most of being like that is, you know, house is on fire type of deal. You have to grab the one thing, the most nostalgic item that means the most to you. What is it? That's funny because I've thought of that before, man. I'm just like, I would take the whole drawer and throw it right out the window and go grab it outside. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's, that's a tough one. I mean, I don't know. I'm just going to say that situation is never going to happen. So I don't even need to answer it. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, (laughs) my, my main setup, I guess, I mean, that's hard because like the history is like more important. I can recreate a new board that I made recently. So yeah, maybe I'd take like, I try to grab a big handful of some old stuff and save it or something like that. Cause you know, that can't be remade or whatever. Of course, of course. I realize this isn't a fair question to ask you because you've got so many years in the game. I mean, there's, there's countless items. So here's the one that I really want to ask. And as a deck maker, and I realize you have hired people on to do certain steps of the process, but over the years, is there one fingerboard that you made that you think about that was the favorite board that you've ever made? Or you were like, yeah, this is like, this is it. Yeah. I mean, I still remember the first G15 that I made and I still have it set up exactly as it was when I put it together and used it for the first time. And I kind of just made it and used it. And I was like, this is the next board. And so, you know, now there's so many G15 decks out there and they're all how they are because of that board. So that's, that's like one of the, the biggest ones. And then besides that, I've had like two or three different boards that I've had set up the longest that I could also say a very similar sentiment where it's like, like I've one set up that I've had set the same since 2014. And yeah, that one's, it's just one of the best boards. It's always the two-tone wood, by the way, that two-tone is my favorite. And so I I have that two-tone G15.12 board. And then I have a two-tone G15 that came out a little extra good for whatever reason, or actually I do know the reason, but (laughs) <laughs> we'll see. Anyways, I'm, I'm working on a bunch of cool stuff. I'm working okay. on... Okay. Uh, this year is going to be big for Flatface for decks. I'm just letting you know. There's a lot of stuff in the works, and there's a lot of really special boards that we're working on, so stay tuned Like probably in half a year from now. We are ready. But with that being said, I... You mind if I make a request? Absolutely. I love requests. Now... Let's see if this name rings a bell. I know one version will, but I want to see this other one will. Does the name Michael Williams ring a bell to you? I don't know. Very common name. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. How about, it's a very common name and you meet a lot of people. How about the name Izilli? Yeah. Oh, is that him? Is that his name or is that someone else? That is his real name. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that yeah, is I met his him. real name. Uh, yeah, so you met him. And I don't know why, and I can't remember how many years ago, uh, but I believe it was for a Fast Fingers event in Germany. But before that, you had sent him 
probably the most beautiful fingerboard I'd ever seen in my life. And it was that split ply with the rainbow and it was the flat face um, logo. Mm. And you was it like that the swirly rainbow on, one? It was. Yes. Yeah, okay, I remember that. That board has been engraved in the back of my mind for so long. Um, so, you know, if you ever decide to make split plies again, just something like that, something that colorful, um, I think would be a huge hit. Just saying. Just saying. I have you here on the phone. I, I have to make, I have to take the opportunity to say it. Yeah. You know what? I'll see if I can make it happen. I mean, that's a complicated design to make, so it, it's hard to make a lot of them. But, I mean, I'm, I'm down for the challenge. We got... We got a lot going on at the moment, yeah. but I'm going to write it down and, you know, one day, I'm writing it now, it will happen one day. Flat face, split, rainbow, there it is. Okay, all right. <laughs> because when you drop them, I'll be ready. I just remember seeing that board on when I was younger in one of his vlogs. He was another one of um, the YouTubers that did a lot of fingerboarding content way back in the beginning. Um in the early YouTube days, and I saw that, and I was like, "This is incredible." Um, Would it be cheating to print it? I think that's really it? what sparked my interest. Um, <laughs> I don't think so, because it would still I look don't think cool so. if it was a, a printed graphic. Because then yeah. I could get them out. I could make a whole lot of them, yeah. you know, and then everyone could get get to enjoy it. So yeah, maybe I'll do it that way. Yeah, I think so. That that I don't see. What, yeah, that would be that would be awesome. But gosh, like I said, I know your time is valuable. I mean, we've been talking here for. Gosh, almost uh, an hour and twenty minutes. Oh, dude, I'm having fun. I don't. I'm. I love it. Okay. All right. Fantastic. When when was the moment you 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 progressed naturally? But was there a definitive moment in Flatface's growth where you were like, okay, this is this is genuinely a career. This is a job. This is something that is here to stay. Like, what what was that defining moment for you? Yeah. So basically, junior, senior year of high school, I was feeling very conflicted because my whole life I wanted to be a doctor. And then maybe when I was 16-ish, I started learning stuff that changed that opinion. I was like, oh, I don't think I want to be a doctor anymore. And so I was like, kind of lost. Like, you know, a lot of people don't know what they want to do at that age anyways, but I had this plan my whole life and then I decided I didn't want to do it. So I, I had no clue where I was going from there. And then basically I just started realizing like, okay, I'm 17. I just bought a house. There has to be a way that I can do this as my job because why do you get a job so you can buy a house? Like it's, it is a job already, I guess, you know, and it was super, super scary though, even though it had been that successful already, it was still, is this the right move to skip going to college and not secure some type of a degree where I could get a job for my whole life that I know about because, you know, it's fingerboarding and it's this thing nobody's ever heard of or done before. And like, it's working right now. But so there was a lot of kind of back and forth on the idea and like talking with my parents. And it was kind of like my mom said, go to college. And my dad said, don't go to college. And they both had good points on why. And ultimately it was like, all right, if it doesn't work out, you can go to college a year or two later. So I'll try it, you know? And then, yeah, that was pretty much it. And I do have to say, like, it was a big risk and it was pretty scary, but there was 
there were enough signals to me to say like, okay, this is a relatively good idea to go for it. And obviously I'm glad that I did. Absolutely. And let me just say as an individual that did go to college and got the degrees and all that type of good stuff. Listen, man, I was in there with people. I remember one of my math courses that I had to take. I think the oldest individual was this older woman. She was like 66 years old. Cool. Working towards her bachelor's. Like, yeah, I mean, it's never too late to go. always going to be there. Yeah. It is absolutely never too late to go. Gosh, I, I sound like an educator. I'm not trying to, you know, spew propaganda about going to no, school. No, it's good. Do, do what makes you happy in life. Dude, you know um, what? Also, I, I've been saying for years, like, if I had to get a real job, I would be a teacher because I just love something about it, you know? I had certain teachers, like, especially in, like, middle school and high school, I can think of a couple teachers that like totally changed my life. Like I'm, I'm grateful for having them as teachers, and the things that I learned from them, the ways that they were as people and the ways that they, like one was a super strict English teacher that everyone hated except for me. And his class was so hard. He made us memorize the page of a book and then write it. And if you got like the line break wrong or the punctuation wrong, like you just fail it. Like you had to get it 100% as it was written and just write the whole page out. And it was like also relevant information to what we're learning. And everybody hated it because it was hard. And I loved it because I was just like, you know, this is, this is like something about that discipline and seriousness is like, if you, you can do that, like everybody in that class can do that if they apply themselves. And, you know, some did and some didn't. And I didn't always pass, you know, but I ended up doing good in the class. But, you know, it was very, very hard. And I learned so much from that that I'm actually like so grateful. I liked that teacher despite how ridiculous, like I would have to spend so much time studying for that when I could have been fingerboarding. But in the end, it was like, I really appreciated it even at that time. And he also had really cool stories that he would tell us during his class of like when he was younger and whatever. And like those things stick with you for life. And like, I remember the lessons that we learned in that class because of how strict it was about memorizing it and writing it so perfectly. And like, it really helped. It was an English teacher and it really helped with my writing and my reading. And I mean, not reading, like everyone can read, but my, um, like the use of the proper word when there's like similar spellings, like two, two and two with the three different spellings, like just little things like that. And it's like, if, if you can learn how to do things properly, like at a younger age and get disciplined. And then like other, I had another teacher that was just so much fun and he taught us all kinds of stuff that was like way off the rails kind of. And, but it was all good stuff too. It was just like, he was a hippie and, or he used to be a hippie, you know, before he was a teacher. And so just having like totally different perspectives from different people, it really can shape your own view of the world and stuff like in a really good way, you know? So good teachers are like, super important absolutely man i can gosh i can really see you getting into what they call cte career and technical education in some sort of business or marketing program having run a very very successful company uh you know maybe when you're ready to to hand off flat face or maybe you never will who knows but if you're looking for another venture i can see you doing that and you don't necessarily have to have a teaching degree for it because they want people from the field. And who better to teach business than somebody that started it from the ground up? I can really see that. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. I would love to do something like that, even just for fun on the side or something. I've always kind of dreamed of like, you know, maybe one day I'll do a TED talk about business and like 
why I think business school is worse than not going to business school. Just like I've literally seen people go to business school and then make every mistake that I would not make because of my own path in business. And like they would ask me for ideas and tell me what they're doing. I'm like, you're doing it all wrong. And it's like and then, you know, if they listen to me and then they did better and then they didn't listen to me and then they failed. And I'm like, okay, like there's something important here that I've learned over the years. And so it's like I want to share that with people and help other people like you can apply it to anything. And then another cool thing is like I made this video where it was just me talking recently and like a school teacher used it in his class. And I was like, I was very moved by hearing that because first of all, I didn't even imagine that was going to happen. And it's really cool. And then to hear that the kids actually liked it is important. (laughs) But um, just I don't know, like I'm. I'm playing around with the idea of doing more kind of talks about things that I feel like might help people in various ways. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. That's exactly what I was going to bring up to you. The platform that you've grown and the people that you've influenced over the years have always stemmed to what I think is a younger demographic. And I think you are a perfect candidate as a role model for kids to to listen to. You know, the way that you describe that teachers touched your life, it doesn't just have to be a teacher in an in-person setting. Times have changed. A lot of kids are glued to their phones and to social media and to their computers and iPads. Everywhere you go, you see them. And I think if you bring your voice to the table and talk about important subjects, if whether it's fingerboarding or just life and business, whatever it may be in general, those... Uh, uh, a while, a little bit ago, you did a whole thing on your story, um, just giving advices in your two cents and situations. And I thought that was very, very beneficial, especially to the target audience that fingerboarding tends to attract. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I've been listening to like different people on YouTube in kind of a similar way. It's like, you know, as you get older, you never stop learning. So like, I, I wouldn't ever claim to know everything about every situation or how to handle it. But it's like, at this point, I've had enough things where I feel like certain topics I'm like somewhat qualified to speak on my own experience and like hope that it helps other people. And, you know, the people that I listen to are twice my age, mostly like on YouTube and stuff. So I feel like, you know, you, you have to have people you can relate to, but they also have that wisdom and age that you don't have yet. And I mean, not always, they don't have to be older than you, but I do think, especially in this day and age, like with younger kids, they can learn a lot from people that are older than them. So like if you're 15 and you listen to someone who's 30 or if I'm 30 and I listen to someone who's 50, it's almost like they've already been through whatever I'm going through now, so to speak. Like they passed that age. So now they can reflect on what worked, what didn't work. What would I do differently? What would I do the same? Stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's really, it's fun stuff too, because like I've been getting so many messages from people saying like, oh, the thing that you said on this topic, that topic, it really helped me. Like I started implementing your ideas and I can't believe how much it helped. And I'm just like, that's so cool because it's just another way of spreading joy. It's like, it's, it's really, it's amazing, dude. And it's like, that's the same thing that I hear from people that I listen to on YouTube. Like they'll be like, yeah, I got somebody stopped me on the street and said I helped them with their depression from my YouTube TED talk or whatever. And it's like, it's always really moving. It's really cool. Absolutely. That is the reason I chose the career that I went into. Uh, that is the reason I, my, my YouTube and my audience tend tended to be younger. And I used to do a lot of lives and just listen to individuals and try and give them advices. Because when you get to 
make a difference on a person, even on the smallest level, knowing that when essentially that you came into this world and you're going to leave it a little bit better than when you came into it, what more can you ask for? Yeah, that's always the goal. And dude, like as the teacher that you are and being the, you know, kickflip 50-50 on that kid's desk, like I'm sure that made a huge impact on him too. Even just that, like seeing like, wow, the teacher just fingerboarded. Like there's just ways in which if you can relate to people, they'll take you that much more seriously. Like I bet you that kid likes listening to your class now, you know, like he's, he's paying attention because he's like, dang, this guy's like me, you know, he fingerboards. What the heck? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, gosh, just thinking about, and you know, I, I learn a lot from them as well. I'm just thinking about that one kid. Ironically enough, I had uh, left that school to go teach at a different school. And I went to go get my haircut one day and I got talking to the hairdresser and uh, turns out she was the same kid's mom. Wow. Um, and she told me about that exact same scenario about in that time, in that class, some teacher did something. I was like, oh yeah, really? Uh, and I was like, that's, that's good to know. <laughs> You know, oh, I didn't that's tell so it was cool. me or any of that good stuff, but oh, you didn't <laughs> knowing that those things happen. Yeah. No, 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 I did not because <laughs> I, me and fingerboarding, it's one of those things. I keep it separate from mm -hmm. everything else that I do in life. And I, I don't know why it's just something that I keep kind of for myself. It's kind of why I also never really share who I am in the public forum because being that ambiguous, just individual that can bring entertainment and positivity without bringing personal life into it. That's what I prefer. Yep, definitely. And, you know, that is a smart move, too, because it's weird having like all eyes on you all the time. And that's why, like, you know, I don't share anything personal on. I mean, I share like personal stories and stuff, but like my day to day life, I'm not sharing like that much on Instagram because it's just like people pick apart everything. People look at everything and people want to find where you are, like whatever, I don't know. It's just like, it's, it's nice to be kind of private too, you know? Absolutely. And it's like, you can, you can do a lot as a private person. No, that's, that's not private as well. Like, you know, you can share very deep sentiments with a whole lot of people. And then at the same time, have your own privacy. Of course, of course. I mean, and this is also, gosh, I, I hate that you have to do this, but going back to rendezvous, always having to make it a point every time it happens, guys, don't show up to his house. Don't show up to Mike's house unannounced. That's not cool. Don't do it. Just go to rendezvous. Have fun. All right. But don't do that. It's weird. When did that start happening? Like, when did you have to just start making PSAs to be like, listen, stop showing up to my house. I love you, but please don't do this. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a pretty relaxed person. So for a while, I didn't really care that much. And then as we all kind of got older, it was like, all right, you know, we're not leaving the house a mess at the end. We're cleaning up and we're being responsible. And then like, there's these people we don't even know. And they're not doing that because they have no stake in it. They're not our friends. They're just, they kind of got there or they're a friend of a friend or something. And it's like, it just gets to this point where it's like after rendezvous, like we're all kind of tired and we just want to hang out with the people that we know and that we've been fingerboarding with for a long time. And then like, you know, some new friends too, they can come, but it's like, you don't want people you don't know in your house. You don't know if they're going to break stuff, steal stuff, get, I don't know, drink alcohol, get drunk or something. Like, you don't know who random people are. You don't want to be responsible for them, and you don't want to be impacted by them in 
in like a personal setting of your own home. So it's just stuff like that. It should be common knowledge that you don't go to random people's houses. But I mean, I, maybe I'm not random because you know who I am. But if I don't know who you are, then you're kind of random. So it's like basically just hang out with your friends, you know? So like if your friends are at my house, like you might end up at my house. But if if we don't know who you are, it doesn't really make sense. Like I don't want to say in a rude way, but it's just like it doesn't make sense for like I can't fit 300 people in my house either like it's already packed with the people that I know and the occasional <laughs> friend of them and it's, it's like really packed it's a lot having that many people in your house like your house gets full it gets hot and sweaty and loud and crazy and whatever and it's just like we're trying to keep it actually pretty relaxed we're not trying to have like a high school party or something we're just trying to like see people that we see twice a year like on a closer basis, you know, like hang out. So, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I just, every time, every time rendezvous rolls around the corner and you set that out, I'm like, gosh, people really, I mean, as a kid. They email me too. They the email dream. me oh like, can gosh. I go to your house? People I never heard of, they email me like <laughs> for months before it. Like, hey, sometimes they're just like, I'm coming to your house after or something like, can I come over? Or like, uh-huh. and it's just like, who is this? Like, sorry, I I feel bad, but like, I have to say no, you know, why would I not? <laughs> no, of course, of course, of course, of course. Um, I, I mean, at least we're given an effort. If I ever make my way to the East coast, I'll try and give you a, a good notice and make sure we meet before. So yeah, you- <laughs> you're welcome here. You know, no, I'm joking. I'm not trying. Look, I, no, I you're all good. I, I would I invite know. you if I knew well, you were out here, I would tell you like, Hey, come chill after, you know? Uh, Rendezvous absolutely still is on the bucket list uh, in terms of fingerboard events that I want to make it to. Um, but the East Coast is just somewhere I don't get to too often. Hopefully this year, maybe in maybe next time in the winter, we'll see in the near future. Okay, here's another question, and I don't know how you're going to answer it because it's something that me and a, a good buddy of mine have speculated over the last couple of years. The YouTube videos and the titles. <laughs> what is going on (laughs) with the way you choose to just caption your content yeah so once you've made a thousand videos you can't just be like fingerboard desk mini you know it it's like you don't know what to call it so basically i'm just thinking of random stuff and it usually has something to do with the video or with the day i shot the video on or maybe the song or something in the video random like most of them you'll kind of never figure out and half of them i forget why they're named how they're named but they do come from (laughs) somewhere you know they all actually have some sort of meaning even though even if it's just like oh some gibberish that john cowart said that day or something like or like a lot of times when i'm fingerboarding with friends and we're filming together we're talking about everything and anything and it's just like they might say like a phrase and i'm like that's the name of this video. Like that phrase that they just used in the conversation or like half of it or something, just random names. It's funny. It brings us back to the time if we remember what it's about. And, uh, yeah, I don't think it does very good for the YouTube algorithm. I don't think it works in my favor because when I just name something like professional fingerboarding video, it gets like way more views. So, um, but I'm not doing it really for the views. I mean, I want people to watch it. So in that way I am, but like, I've always just been like, you know, I want to make a good fingerboard video and put it on there. And that's that's it. Like, I hope my friends see it kind of thing. And I hope fingerboarders see it. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's all fun. 
Okay, that's fair. That, that's fair. That's fantastic. When it comes to fingerboarding and the actual act of doing it, how often do you surprise yourself or do something that's brand new where it's like, oh, I've never done this trick before. I've never done this combination before. I mean, after 20 years, like, I feel like you probably have to try pretty hard to do things that you've never have done in the past. Yeah, it mostly happens when I'm not trying to. Like, I'll learn something by accident, and then I'll duplicate it, kind of. I'll be like, or I'll, like, almost do something weird that I hadn't thought of because I messed up or something. And then I'm like, oh, cool, I could actually do that. And, like, surprisingly, I'm still learning a lot of stuff, like, mostly kind of trying really weird stuff. And, I mean, I just kind of, I like to fingerboard a lot. So, like, I'll mostly, I'll mostly just fingerboard. Like, whatever comes out, comes out, and then it's, like, a lot of the tricks I've probably done a thousand times, but it's like, have I done it yet on that obstacle? And can I do it cleaner now because I'm better than I used to be? Or I have a different, like, you know, style evolves over time and all these different things. So, yeah, I don't know. It just happens at random. But I would say maybe once every couple of weeks, I figure out something wacky. <laughs> okay, that's fun. What's what's the longest amount of time you've ever gone without fingerboarding? Dude, that's a cool question. Like, probably... Probably like 48 hours or something, maybe like, cause on occasion I'll have a day when I'm like going to sleep and I'm like, wow, I don't even think I touched a fingerboard today. And it's pretty rare that that happens, but it happens once in a while, you know, just busy doing other things, whatever. And so I'm sure there's probably yeah. been a time where that may have happened like two days in a row, but I can't even remember it. So like mm, nothing on purpose, really. Like I usually... There would be days when I only did one kickflip and nothing else, but like I always pretty much touch it at least. And usually it's more than just a kickflip, obviously. Gosh, so so fingerboarding really is in it it is a huge part of your life. Your daily life. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I would say on average I probably fingerboard maybe ten minutes a day or something. But, you know, other days it's gonna be an hour okay. and some days it's gonna be five minutes. But I always have it in my pocket, so if I go somewhere, if I'm waiting for food somewhere, like I'll be fingerboarding, stuff like that. That's fantastic. So, fingerboarding, cinematography, editing, you, you've already mentioned you like computers. What is another one of Mike Schneider's hobbies that's not fingerboarding, doesn't have to do with cinematography and tie hand in hand? Is there anything else that you enjoy to do or like to do? Hmm. Everything I can think of basically relates to skating or fingerboarding, but I mean, I actually, I like reading and learning a lot, like might just sound kind of generic or whatever, but just reading books and listening to, like, I can listen to something for three hours, like a, like a speech on YouTube, like whoever, somebody intellectual or something like talking about something that I may or may not know anything about. And I really like exploring just kind of like ideas and stories and all kinds of stuff like that like it, that's like this year that's been a big thing or like last year like the last yeah the last year or so I feel like I've dived into like a lot of different ideas and stuff and I just think like there's so much out there to explore like there's so many books and you can't just like sit on your phone and look at the same stuff every single day um, or like new versions of the same stuff every day like obviously I use my phone too but I think like one of the places we can all explore more is ideas. Like you don't even have to go somewhere to an ex to explore an idea. You can just listen to it and then think about it and say, 
does it make sense? Do I not agree with that? Like what parts of that can I relate to? What parts of it would I change? Like you can just learn so much from everybody else and what they've learned and explored. And it's like, I don't know. I'm just interested in like various topics and stuff. It's like really cool to kind of like study something random for a week and then go on to the next thing. And then sometimes go back to something that you think about later that interested you. So yeah, I don't know. Just kind of like learning is really cool. No, I completely understand and, and get where you're coming from. And I'm not just saying this because it's what I do for a living, but how I'm interested to see if you would agree or disagree. Do you ever feel unfulfilled or are there ever times throughout your life where you're like, if I'm not learning, if I'm not processing new information, if I'm not progressing, I'm not moving forward. How would you, how do you feel about that sentiment? I guess that is somewhat accurate. Yeah, because I mean, I'm pretty content doing like almost the same thing every day to, to an extent, but there is always that like, there has to be something interesting and new and pushing forward and learning or creating. I think either one of those satisfies, like you can have a good time every day. You can live a life that's like pleasing and whatever. And at the end of the day, if you're not doing anything like different or new, you're going to get bored of that pretty quickly. Like try going on vacation for too long. It sucks. It's really good at first. And then all of a sudden you're just like, dang, this is boring. <laughs> if you've seen like the old SpongeBob where like Squidward goes to paradise and then it becomes too much paradise. And it's like you, you don't want to yeah. fall into like just like an awesome routine that's boring. You want like some sort of adventure, whether it's, you know, reading and learning and watching things or it's going out into the world and going places and exploring. Like I also would uh, recommend people like travel more because whenever I travel, like it really broadens my perspective because everywhere you go, people are different than where you are. Sometimes they're way different. Sometimes they're a tiny bit different. They're also the same that they're a person and they have all the same basic needs, but everybody has like such different ways of living and thinking and communicating and whatever. So yeah, I feel like I'm definitely the happiest when I'm always pursuing something new in addition to mostly doing what I'm used to, what I like, what I'm comfortable with and what I do best. There's always, there's gotta be that element of like, you know, what, what can I spice it up with too? So yeah, maybe like, like 80, 20 or 90, 10, but there's gotta be at least some, something new. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I would feel confident in saying you you enjoy what you do for a living. Is, is that oh, correct? Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I would not change a thing. Now, wonderful. So if Mike Schneider takes a vacation, you know, if, if things start to get, I mean, I'm not, of course, you, you, you feel stressed just like everybody else and you need to get away. What does that look like for you? Um, pretty much it just works. Like I do have flat face at the point where I can put it down for a week and do absolutely nothing if, if I go somewhere else. And it will pretty much be okay. The ironic part of that is like every time that I travel, something happens that I do need to do, which is like, for example, like my website, it runs 99% of the time and it's fine. And then I'll fly to Germany and I'll land and my phone will be blowing up that the website's down. And then it's like, I have to get somewhere with internet fast and fix it. And it's not always easy to fix it. And then you got the time difference. So like, it's funny, stuff will always happen, but in general, like we have enough people running everything that it's like, if I don't do anything for a few days, it's okay. If I wait longer, I'm going to have a lot to do when I come back, but it's okay because I can, you know, it's like ultimately my own schedule. And when you own your own business, I mean, certain things have to be dealt with immediately, like orders, shipping, customer service. But other than that, it's like, 
what you put in is what you get out. So if I were to neglect it for two weeks, I would see that like, okay, it's suffering a little because I didn't do anything. And if I work hard every single day, which I usually work hard, at least most days, maybe not every day, but most, most days I do something productive. And then I see like, this is beneficial. So it's like the ultimate responsibility of your own creation is like that you are responsible for it. And you, when you do good, it does good. And when you do bad, it does bad or will start to eventually at least. So it's like, it runs itself, but only so much until it's like, okay, where's Mike? Like all these things need to be done. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Absolutely. That was, that's one of the things that I've often wondered for young entrepreneurs like yourself, like you're not, you're not going anywhere for a while, but have you ever thought about retirement? What that looks like? Is that a thing for you and for Flatface? If so, what does it look like? If not, you're just taking it until, you know, you're done. Um, at this point, I'm going as long as possible because it's not the kind of thing where I would feel comfortable like selling the company or something like that. Like, I want it to be mine and keep going how it is going. And I don't know, like, I don't think any of us are planning to really retire because it's like, what do you even do at that point? Like, it's it's already like, I don't want to say it's leisurely because there is like a lot to do, but it's relaxed enough where it's like, I don't feel like I'm working so hard every day from nine to five that I want to retire one day. It's like, I feel flexible enough in what I'm doing that I feel like I could do it without getting burnt out. So why would I stop? I love what I'm doing too. So why would I stop? So yeah, um, it's going as long as possible. Absolutely, man. And that's one of those things because I don't think anybody, nobody could possibly think of Flatface and not think of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it wasn't me, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, Flatface is cool, but what I think the majority of your fan base and the the loyal customers that you've gotten over the years, what they've bought into is you and the message that you sell and the things that you create. And the secret is you. And I don't think it would work any other way. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. No, of course. Of course. Man, what advice would you give to the individual listening to this that says, hey, I want to be like the next Mike Schneider. I want to be like the next Flatface. Not that they want to mimic you, of course, you know, ounce for ounce, gram for gram, but they want to take inspiration from you. And I'm talking about actual inspiration, not ripping you off. What would you tell them to do? What's the advice that you would give them? Basically, I think if you want to like make a good company, you have to make a good thing that's better than what's out there already. So, you know, you could broadly apply this to anything. It doesn't have to be fingerboarding, but any company that does well, it's not because somebody said, I want to start a company and make a lot of money. It's because somebody said, I want to start a company that solves this problem or that offers this service that, you know, either exists, but is not as good as it could be or whatever, or doesn't exist at all yet. So you have to have something that you're adding to the pile, so to speak. And yeah, I think besides that, like probably most of the, most of the hints are probably in this video. Like if you listen to the whole thing, you probably got a, a general idea of how I did it. So that would be like the advice that I would give is just like, you know, you don't have to copy the story, but see how it played together and see how it might apply to your own potential. Of course, of course. I, yeah, you've dropped a lot 
of nuggets of wisdom and knowledge and advice throughout this entire episode that I think anybody, even myself, I'm going to have to listen back to this a couple times to get the entire message that, that you've given across. Man, we're, <laughs> we're approaching nearly two hours now. Yeah, um, I got is there anything that. that we haven't? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll make this quick. Is there anything that we haven't touched upon that you you want to say, you want to mention? I mean, I usually say plug the website, plug the socials, but everybody listening to this is already following you. But if not, maybe just in case. Yeah, well, okay. Flatfacefingerboards.com, Mike Schneider on YouTube, and Mike Schneider 161 on Instagram. And yeah, my advice or other things I would want to say, I don't know. I think, first of all, have fun. Everything's about fun. Don't be too serious. But also, I think like people should listen. People need to understand that they can have respect for people who they like disagree with on things in general. Like this doesn't, this is barely about fingerboarding at all. This is just general living because I, I feel like it's important to say it in this year and whatever this age I guess that we're in where like you know a lot of things in our culture are kind of like they're very black and white yes or no everything's kind of like hyper politicized and all those things and like a lot of young people are growing up in that space but that's not how it needs to be and you know people can all be civil with each other and get along with each other no matter like how different you are and in relation to that like somebody will like say a sentence And then the person who hears it will, in their head, they'll go five steps further and they'll be like, they said this, so they mean this and they think this and they think that and they think this and this is what they mean. And it's like, no, not at all, probably. You're probably wrong. So, for example, when I said like, you know, they copied my wheels design, people said like, oh, Mike must be threatened about his profits and he must be telling us not to buy it. And it's like, no, I didn't say any of those things. If I thought those things, I would say those things. I would make them apparent. So it's like, you have to take what somebody says for just what they say. And if you have questions, you can like ask or whatever. But, you know, it's like somebody, if somebody likes a certain celebrity or something, does that mean that they agree with every single thing that person said? Not necessarily. So like, don't put people in a box just because they like enjoy a certain person's music or a certain person's lectures or whatever it is. It doesn't mean five iterations of thought later that they are also a blank you know just everybody needs to relax and take things take one thing for one thing like don't take a person for what you heard of them but take a person for what you hear them saying and you'll find that most people have like some things you like to hear and some things you don't like to hear there's never going to be like one person that's like 100% you and all of how you are as a person so instead of like canceling it all listen to it all and then pick what you can kind of learn from each each source whatever it is and just apply that to general life like especially learning from like people who speak wisdom so to speak like on youtube and stuff there's a lot of really good people that you can learn amazing life lessons from and they might also say something that is so cringy to you that you don't want to listen to anything they said but put that aside and see what else they have to say before you dismiss it because some some people just have a lot of good ideas and some wacky ones in the mix and that's just how it's always been i hope that helps like younger kids to kind of just absorb more knowledge in general from all different aspects of of like our culture today and like helps bring people to like 
a place where they're not always looking for something to complain about, but they're looking for something positive to to learn from, to be inspired by, to emulate, to to think about, whatever it is. Absolutely. Gosh. You know, Mike, they say never meet your idols or never meet your heroes because they'll be sure to let you down. I am very glad that was not the case with you. This conversation oh, has been one of the awesome. best conversations I've had, I think, with any individual. And I think many, many people would agree listening to this. I cannot thank you enough for coming on to the show and giving us, you know, a couple hours of your time. It means the world to me, and I know it means the world to a lot of the people listening. Thank you. Wow, that's that's amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Like, you don't even know. That's awesome. Yeah, this has been really fun, and I hope everybody enjoys it. Of course, of course. I'm sure everybody did. Again, thanks again. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you down the road. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Finger Space Podcast. Thanks for skating by, and don't forget to nosebonk that subscribe button and dark slide on over to our Discord server. This episode was produced by Fingerspace Co. and hosted by Nostalgia FB. Big thanks to all guests and listeners.